0: Thank you so much, worship team. So uh, if you'll take your Bible and join me in Matthew 28, the Gospel of Matthew 28, the first book of the New Testament, you can Google it. That's, that's a way to do it as well. I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to open up the Word of God with you this morning, and I can, I can assure you that as long as God gives life to Living Hope Church, we will be in the Word of God, learning from Him, sitting at the feet of Jesus every single week. Uh, When we talk about a a church that is recently born, we want to look at the health of the church, right? In fact, I think all churches should be constantly looking at uh, the health that is within them, individually and as a body. Are we in a healthy place? Which means are we meeting all of the standards of measurement that would be good, that, that point to health? Because if there's not, then there's something that needs to be worked on. And I was thinking about this recently because I had my own annual checkup which we all just love so much, going to the doctor and they judge you and evaluate you for your uh, cholesterol level and your weight and and all those good things, and you fill out a mound of paperwork. But why do we do that? We do that because we want a professional doctor to let us know if there's something we should be concerned about, or to affirm us for some of the lifestyle choices we've made over the past year, one or the other. So I think as we celebrate the one-year birth of Living Hope Church, we need to ask ourselves, are we in a healthy place? And how do we continue to live out a healthy calling of disciples of Jesus Christ? How do we shine brightly as a light for North Sarasota? Is North Sarasota giving a taste of heaven when they're around us? Or well, we're out there interacting with them? Are they get a taste of something different when they're around us? What kind of DNA do we need to have so that we stay around for a long time and we're a faithful church to God's calling? So our main point this morning, and we're going to get this from Jesus himself, we must embrace the calling of our king with urgency. We must embrace the calling of our king with urgency. So we're going to go through what's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verses 17 to 20, this is Jesus' final command to his disciples, their marching orders. And it was just as important 2,000 years ago as it is today. And so we need to take a close look at ourselves through that passage and see, where am I personally? Am I matching up with what? I claim to be a Christian, I claim to be a follower of Christ. Does this match up with my life? And we as a church, how can we better measure up? To this calling. Let's read it together. Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So first of all, you see what is the church? Well, we find our identity in King Jesus. Everything comes from him. To understand the church, you got to understand the king. All authority belongs to Jesus. Think about that. In heaven and on earth. Things seen and unseen belong to him. And the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew is one of Jesus' disciples, and he's writing to show us this is what it was like when he was born the angels appeared in the sky heaven literally broke through in the sky and announced "A king has been born in just an ordinary town called bethlehem and he is laying in a in a feeding trough that belongs to animals so such a humble beginning but he fulfills all the promises of the old testament that said one day a rescuer will come to save israel from their sins they've wandered from their god they are broken We all are broken. So for all of humanity, God the Son came down and lived a sinless life. It's about the most miraculous thing that one could do. I mean, I sinned this morning before we even got to church. And it's Sunday, for goodness sakes. I'm a pastor. I'm a sinner. I was born broken. (laughs) My only worth and value comes from the eyes of the one who made me and saved me. So that's very freeing that I don't depend on you all for my validation and my value in life that comes from my maker. Uh, But it also reminds me to be humble about myself that my identity doesn't come from myself or what I say I am or or this is who I aspire to be. It's because someone came 2000 years ago and lived the life that I could not to give up his life on the cross to bring me back to the Father. Everything comes from the Father. Blessed be the Father it's their king it's jesus and and unlike any other human before him he predicted his death and he predicted his resurrection came back to life and appeared to his disciples and matthew says you've got to hear this because those verses i just read to you are coming from the lips of someone who was dead in the grave he was dead nailed to a cross fled <coughs> out laid in the tomb three days later, rises from the dead, and Matthew says, I heard this from his lips after he came back to life. I don't think any one of you have experienced that kind of miracle. It's one of a kind. It's Jesus, the King, the Son of God, and he's king over death, he's king over Satan, he's king over this world, he's king over the rulers of this world. But because mankind rebelled against him, he might not necessarily... Be your king. He's not your king until you submit yourself to his rulership. That's what faith is. I recognize that I am messed up. I need saving. Jesus came. My allegiance belongs to him. And I know in our culture, it's easy to call yourself a Christian because you grew up in a church or your parents believed some Christian things or they had some verses on the wall. They're really nice people. That's great. But my Bible says that we have all fallen short of God's law, his standard. And there's a punishment for that, and that's eternal death. Separation from God. So if I have broken this relationship with God, I need someone to fix that. Enter God the Son, the healer, the one who can restore what was broken. And he's the word of God. What he reveals is God's will for us. And he says, all authority has now been given to me. I'm the one who conquered the grave. I'm the head of this church. So disciples need to be disciples of Jesus. You're serving in my kingdom. You're serving under my power. You do nothing apart from me. But the most important thing in the world you need to know this morning, and what the Apostle Paul said was the most important thing from 1 Corinthians 15, It's this, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That's what the Bible says. And that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the Scriptures. If you're here this morning and you're here to celebrate the birth of a church with us, I want to thank you for that. That means a lot. Can I also offer you a free gift that costs Jesus everything? but it gives you eternal life if you will turn from your sin and believe in him. You can have living hope. You don't need to come here on Sunday to get the living hope. You can have it inside. And you can have the peace and joy that Cheryl was talking about and that Stacey was talking about and John was talking about. When you have a right relationship with the king, everything works out. doesn't mean everything's easy, smooth or perfect, but it does mean you have a hope within to work through it. And Sarasota needs that gospel. That's why we're here. Over and over, we're confirmed with that because some of you have told us this is the first church we've been to that actually teaches us the scriptures. We, we go to churches and, and they do like a devotional talk or a TED talk and they've got really cool screens and they got really cool presentations but there's not a lot of meat there. And I, I, I just don't understand how you can have the living word of God and we keep it closed open it up let the word speak let God change lives the disciples didn't change anybody it was the word of Jesus that they passed on so we want to be faithful messengers we want to show you the hope doesn't come from us it comes from the word we want to be centered on the word we want to unleash the word and as we do that the word is like a window see windows serve a purpose the window is not a door but the window allows you to see to the other side you know at, at our house the Sun rises up behind the house so we can see it coming up through the windows if we really want to we can go out on our back our back uh, uh, we call it a playroom but it's like a, 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 a walled-in sunroom you can see the Sun come up and even this morning Ty said "Dad, you see the Sun coming up we saw that because of the window So we don't come together to say, hey, worship the Bible, this right here, that the Bible is the window to Jesus. We worship Jesus. We want to become more like Jesus. And the more you look in this window, the more you're changed. You can't walk away the same because Jesus doesn't leave you the same. We were made for him. And I'm afraid there's too many churches that if Jesus actually showed up and physically walked into their church they would have to completely redo how they play and worship that morning. Oh, oh, Jesus is here. We need to, maybe we won't do that silly thing. Uh, maybe maybe we'll, we'll give more time to teaching today because Jesus is here to teach. I would like to think that the way we structure our worship services, it's already around Jesus. So if he were to walk in that door, the only thing that would change is I get to sit down and I get to hear Jesus speak with all of you. But our praise is Jesus-focused. Our prayer is Jesus-focused. The testimonies, the response, the teaching of the word. Jesus is king. And he says to his disciples, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. We're still not to the end of the age, folks. And guess what? Jesus is still with us. He's still here. And I know friends come and go. Family comes and go. Life is short. But through all the generations, Two thousand years, Jesus has been faithful to His promise. Is He a part of your life? Do you know Him? If not, you are missing out on the biggest blessing and the biggest need of your life. It's Jesus. And church, let's embrace that calling with urgency today. Let's bow the knee joyfully to our King today. And if we do, then number two, we must value authentic community. It's the natural overflow. Because Jesus says, you're going to make disciples, you're going to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We were made for relationship. We were made to know God and love him with our whole heart. Jesus says in Matthew 22, the most important thing is to love God with all that you are and to love your neighbors as yourself. Wait, how can those two be connected? Because genuine love knows no bounds. The limitless love of God, who loved even the worst of wicked sinners and gave his life for us, that love spills over to the heart of the believer, and now we love even our enemies. We love them. And you guys are certainly not our enemies. (laughs) We love you guys, but even our enemies were called to love. You can't fake that. One pastor says that the church, the real body of Christ, brothers and sisters, who've been changed by Jesus, were the gospel made visible. So just like the Word of God is the window, and this is is the inspired Word of God, (laughs) there's no mistakes in what's communicated here. But you and I, we get to be a window as well. We we get to let the light of Jesus shine through us to one another, to this community. But only if it's authentic. Only if Jesus is actually in you. And if he's working in you. And if you're walking in obedience to him because as i said before there's a noticeable difference between christians who are faking it and christians who genuinely love you and care for you you can't fake authentic love at some point the facade is up if, if josh is a different person up here than he is at home eventually that's going to come out that's why you see so many people struggling Broken marriages, broken relationships between parents and kids. I'm not saying there's not genuine love between them, but those issues that you try to keep at home, eventually they have a way of of throwing up on you. Right? We've all seen that. But in the church, the one thing we want, the one thing we can have in Jesus is relationship. If he never leaves us, we certainly don't want to leave one another behind. If you offend me, I'm not throwing you in the dirt and I'm not running you over. We haven't talk about it, but I believe that the grace of God is sufficient to help us work through that as well, because the relationship must be preserved. Our family has a, has a tradition, I guess you could call it, and, and it's a rhythm we have built in. Every Friday, we set aside as a family day, because in the past, I overworked too much. I worked at some churches that had me working around the clock and I didn't know how to set good boundaries and say no. And so I didn't get to see my kids near as much as I should have when they were really little. And my wife and I had some serious heart to hearts as we should. We said, you know what? We're going to start protecting a family day because our kids need to see Jesus in us and know that more important than all the doing is the relationship. We are here for you. We love you. We want to tell you about Jesus. We want to enjoy God's creation together. Relationship comes first. Now That doesn't mean every Friday we, we do that. We try. We try. But you know what? Our kids are excited about family day. They look forward to it all week long. Family day. It's family day. Like, what are we going to do? I don't know, but it's family day, right? The relationship comes first. And I know we all come from different backgrounds. We have different... Uh, ideas of this is how church could be or this is what we did at our other church and I just want to echo the words of a wise pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer a German pastor during World War II actually was, was killed by the Nazis he might have had something to do with the plot against Hitler's life but uh, he, uh, he gave his life to try to pursue justice he said this the person who loves their dream of community will actually destroy community The person who loves those around them will create authentic community. So what's it going to be? Are we going to try to make this church into our own image, or are we going to love the people who's here no matter what and watch God build it? And that's what's happened so far, and I commend you, church, for having that authentic love. If you're a first-time guest, I'm going to let you know. We have lunch afterwards at a nearby um, clubhouse and a pool. We got free barbecue. Our church people are bringing sides and drinks and more dessert than we could possibly eat in probably three sittings. We want to invite you. We want to get to know you. We want to have some fun and laugh, and and I think you'll enjoy it, so so come. We'll give you more details about how to get there afterwards. Um, Another thing that's important about our church, and unfortunately I don't think a lot of churches do this, is they gather in smaller groups. Sunday mornings... You can only get to know each other so well. Small group, we share a meal together, we talk and laugh together, we catch up, we get to know real details about each other's life, and that's where real transformation happens. The Grosses know, they host our our East group in Lakewood Ranch, Leslie and I, uh, we're over in the West group, and and Dennis and Chris are in the East group, and, and we encourage our church, find a small group, because you need to grow in community. You weren't designed, to be discipled this way. I know, there's a million videos, TikTok, Instagram, they're helpful. They might point you to Jesus, but your iPad cannot be your primary spiritual influence. It needs to be the people of God, as He designed it and as His Spirit is doing it. Speaking of the Spirit, Jesus says, before you guys go and make disciples, Acts 1.8, got to wait until my Spirit comes upon you. You can't even set a foot out that door and do anything in my name without me. So I'm going to give you the greatest gift, me, inside of you, to convict you of sin, to give you boldness and clarity on sharing the truth, and to bring to remembrance the things that you learned a while ago but might have forgot about. The Spirit will bring it to your attention and remind you this is what Jesus said, so it makes that decision so much easier going forward. We can't do anything in our strength. Sunday morning is not a rah-rah pep rally. Now go out. Try to do better. John will tell you that leads to failure. Sunday morning is where we look at the word, and during the week, we learn how to work it out. How do we let Jesus live through us? How does the gospel free me? And then I do right, not because I have to, but because I want to. Because Jesus has changed my life. We need the spirit to empower us. Another thing that Jesus called his disciples to, he said in his final moments, washing their feet. He said, you see how I'm washing your dirty, nasty feet? This is how you ought to serve one another. Jesus called his disciples to be servant leaders. Emphasis on the servant. But the church needs good leaders. What is a leader? A leader is somebody who recognizes there's a need. Here's where we need to get. I'm going to do something to help bridge the gap and bring people from where they are to where they're living their best life glorifying God. And, and that need could be anything. Some of you was setting up chairs this morning. Because you did, now they are filled with people who are hearing the word of God. Thank you. It, it could be music related. Oh, I, I could sing. I can help with that. A servant leader sees a need and is willing to help and is willing to respond they don't just tap someone on the shoulder and say hey you should do something about that hey you see that need over there Why, why don't you go do something about that it's like you know okay i'm glad you see the need but are you also willing to take the first step to help with that and i got to commend Debbie. Debbie's not here this morning. She's, she's in the Midwest right now. But she texted me yesterday, and she asked if I had ever heard about this ministry called Operation Christmas Child, where they pack shoeboxes with toys and, and goodies for kids, and they put the gospel in there, and they send it off to kids all around the world who've never heard about Jesus. I said, oh, yeah, I've heard about that organization. It's a great organization. She said, well, I don't know. I just I feel God leading me to say I'd like to help with that. I'd be willing to coordinate that. I'd be willing to help serve as a liaison for that. This is totally unprompted. But the Spirit was prompting her. And she's saying, not only am I pointing out an opportunity, but I want to be a part of the solution. A servant leadership. What a gift. What if we had an entire church filled with servant leaders? It doesn't mean you have to be a preacher. It just means you need to be willing to help with the need that surfaces in front of you, even if it's helping the person right next to you. As you can tell, authentic community will take time. It will take more effort than maybe we have been taught that Christianity is in the past. It's not just coming and sitting in a service. It's a lifestyle. It's a community. There's commitments in this community. And Pastor Dennis mentioned, on Sunday, October 15th, we're going to have a partnership meeting in the afternoon, probably about 4 p.m., And we're talking about what does it look like to commit to each other in this growing process and for your pastors to commit to you, to shepherd you and help you grow and feed you and meet your needs. And and we covenant together as a church. We buy into this vision to see God's kingdom come and will be done in North Sarasota as it is in heaven. I wanna be a part of Living Hope Church. That's the partnership. That's the buy-in that we need. So we embrace that calling of our King because he's our identity and he also forms our community and here's the third and final thing I have to share from Matthew 28 we must share Christ with our world today we must share Christ with our world today Or, or did we not hear Jesus clearly enough go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you in other words Don't just lead them to Jesus and then leave them there. (laughs) Keep feeding them the word, keep helping them grow. You've got a baby believer, help them grow up. So um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. What's the priority? Is it evangelism, leading someone to a relationship with Jesus? Or is it discipleship, helping them grow up in their relationship with Jesus? It's both, it's two sides of the same coin. Jesus didn't say, go and preach the gospel. He didn't say, go and disciple people who are already believers. He said, go and make disciples. It's all-encompassing. From the beginning to the end of your days, we are helping people take that next step in Jesus. So, yes, it starts with going. Have you ever gone anywhere before and looked to share the hope of Jesus? to share the gospel? That's called evangelism. We're trying to show people how beautiful Jesus is in the hopes that they will receive him. And if Jesus says to go and make disciples, then what that means is evangelism is not an event. It's not a once a summer thing. It's a lifestyle. As we go out of here, go and make disciples. As you get up in the morning and go to work, go and make disciples. As you uh, go grab coffee at Starbucks with that friend. Or a local cafe, that would be that would be my preference. Maple Street, Biscuit Company, they're opening up another location down here. I will be there, okay? Go and make disciples. Where you go, people need the hope of Jesus. Do you know how many people are in our metro population area? 800,000. Actually more than that. Which means seven out of eight of those people do not call on Jesus. Do we expect them to just figure it out on their own? Or maybe, hopefully, one day they'll wander in here and, and, and Josh or Dennis, they can preach the gospel. Now, Jesus said to go. <laughs> All disciples. All of us are called to this work together. And then he also says to baptize them. Now, hold on. Baptism doesn't save anybody, right? It's just faith in the gospel. That's true. But Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So once there has been an internal change, now there needs to be an external declaration. I belong to Jesus. I know the true and living God. This is not just a personal faith you keep in a closet anymore. To believe that Jesus really is king over all, I step out. I'm going public. This is my microphone. I'm getting in the water. I need someone to baptize me in Acts 2.38. The Jews understood something needs to be done when we hear the gospel. And the apostles tell them, you need to repent. And then you need to be baptized. That's the order belief, then baptism. Symbolizing your submission to the Lord and the new life you have with Him. Similar to a wedding ring. My wedding ring doesn't make me married. but I wear it so that you will know there is someone special to me that I have made a covenant with. That's baptism. Have you had that public covenant ceremony yet? It's such a joy. And the church gets to be a part of that. We're family. We're like, you've been baptized into our family spiritually? We want to help baptize you publicly. Declare to the world. And that's a method of evangelism. Wouldn't you know? People come to faith in Jesus because they see people taking that step publicly. And then don't leave them there. Teach them all that I've observed them. Teach them the commands of Christ. Share with your friends. What is the hope you have in Jesus? What is spiritual warfare? How do I pray? Jesus' disciples asked them, how do we pray? Teach us to pray. Don't you think that's an important part of discipleship? (laughs) You teach someone to pray. Well, I thought prayer was just something I do over my food. Well, That's good. You should thank God for your food. But prayer is a communication with the Father. Mm -hmm. People need the Father. They need to talk to the Father. And they don't know how. Who's going to take them by the hand, symbolically, right, and show them? Just let me let me teach you how I pray let me show you the Lord's Prayer Matthew 6 teach you teach you how to pray This is our mission. This is why we're here to be a church for our city Building authentic relationships so that we can lead people closer to Jesus And I said before that's why small groups are so important We're not supposed to just stay in here small groups help us take what we learned on Sunday Hey, let's discuss it out. Let's wrestle with it. Let's understand it. Let's apply it. How do we help each other now go and share it? Because relationships are the key to mission. And we go deeper together, so we go wider. And as our groups grow and reach new people for Jesus, we launch new groups, which is where leadership training and development comes in. That's where we need spiritually mature leaders stepping up who meet those qualifications and will be faithful to shepherd people over an entire year. <clears throat> like week in and week out, it's a big calling. But we raise up those leaders from within, we start new groups, and one day we're going to start another church. Go. We're going to be a church planting church. Amen. I could see dozens of daughter churches being sent down. If this is a movement of God, why well, think so small? Amen. But it starts here. It starts right here, right now. We... You and I are called to make disciples of every people group, starting right here in North Sarasota. So in conclusion, I just ask you to be an ordinary Jesus follower with me. Mm -hmm. Say, here I am, Lord, send me. Whatever you have for me, whatever you call me to do, I'm willing. Because when you take that step, you have no idea the blessings that God has in store for you. I mean, do we really think God wants us to fail and destroy our lives? Or does he tell us to do these things because he knows what's best for us and we will be blessed? Look around you. <clears throat> what if the Comasist had said, no, planting a church is too hard. That's too much sacrifice. We don't want to move to Florida. <laughs> too hot. Not going to do it, Lord. Maybe we could have served another church and, and, and had a decent ministry. But you know what God has done? I mean, I I wouldn't have even believed it if my future self had talked to my past self. Trust the Lord. Walk with Him. Listen to His great commission and obey. He will increase your joy. Just ordinary people living out the gospel. And as I close today, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus personally? Has He saved you and come into your heart and giving you that joy and peace that we're talking about. This isn't just a sermon you're hearing this resonates with you because it's within. It's a truth that you hold dear. as you bow your heads and close your eyes, as you think about that. Because if you don't know Jesus, and you don't know for a hundred percent certainty that you are saved and you're a child of God, that's something worth settling today. Today we can show you from the Word how you can know that. And I don't need to twist your arms. My job is just to show you how beautiful Jesus is. You have to receive Him. That's your faith response. That's your relationship. But don't you want it after all that He's done for you? If you would like to talk to someone about that, Pastor Dennis (coughs) is in the back. I'll be around afterwards. I think you've seen a couple of our core people up and about. we would be happy to show you how you can know for certain you're on your way to heaven salvation is a free gift You just gotta accept it And church if we have how are we doing spiritually how's your annual annual checkup as you look at this maybe you're struggling today you know you don't measure up and you're walking around in guilt and shame and sin and I want to call you back to your king he's good and gracious and quick to forgive trust them and walk with them again today. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. You don't really want to open up and let people know how you're really doing. You're afraid of what, what we'll think. You know, my Bible says that we are all sinners and just deserving of uh, the lake of fire. So I, I think that's about as bad as it can get. You can be real here. You can be open and honest here. You will not be judged here. You will be loved. And we will come alongside you there's grace upon grace in this community of believers and I know a lot of us struggle with wanting to share the gospel with our city it's scary it's new it's difficult it's discouraging but what if you are faithful to the call and we see one person come to faith in Jesus this next year who in your life would you like to see their life dramatically changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't that worth it? Isn't that worth the faithfulness to the call? I want to urge you to listen to King Jesus and keep being faithful to share the gospel. If you need training, we'll train. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. But respond to the call today. Church, we love you. It's a joy to serve as one of your shepherds and bring the word for you this morning. I'm actually going to ask Pastor Dennis to...